I'm going to be reading a passage of scripture. As a matter of fact, I'll be reading a lot of scripture this morning. And I, I don't apologize for that. Uh, but I know sometimes it makes it difficult to follow. So I'll, I'll try to be careful to give you the references that we'll be using through, throughout the morning. And matter of fact, some of the scriptures that uh, I'll be sharing with you have already been embraced by our Advent reading. So uh, repetition is one of the best teachers. And so we trust as you hear this word over and over again, it's something that uh, will not only resonate in our hearts, but becomes really maybe a part of our life as well. I'd like to begin, as uh, was again in our reading this morning, John 13, verses 34 and 35. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Will you pray with me? Father, we are so quick and sometimes even flippant to use the word love. We pray, O Lord, as we focus on you this morning, as we listen for you through your word, we begin to again recognize the true meaning of love as you are a God of love. And we have been the recipient of that love. And we are to share that love. Not as the world does it, no, no, just again, by the examples of Jesus Christ. And so open our hearts to be more receptive to this encouraging word concerning your love for us, what we can have, but also what we can give, and doing so in the name of Christ, in whose name we pray, amen. I believe there are probably four lists that go with the season of Christmas. There is the wish list. That's what we want for Christmas. And we usually are pretty careful to make certain that uh, it's well known by the people who can kind of take care of it for us. There's also Santa's list that identifies those who are naughty and nice and probably will dictate whether you get what's on your wish list. And then there's the to-do list. Uh, This is the list you put together to make certain that everything that has to be in place for Christmas is accomplished in time or on time. And then we possibly have that list, simply making note a list of the things that we hope we can give to others. The spirit of giving is never stronger than any other time of the year. And I probably would imagine that the spirit of giving (laughs) is never stronger than any other time. The spirit of getting is never stronger any other time of the year. Both desire to have or the desire to give are appropriate for this season if they are motivated by love. If we hope to have something with a selfish or satisfying desire, There's got to be some real question raised concerning the value or the worth of such a gift. And when we give with an attitude of obligation or giving begrudgingly, it can't be counted as a gift. The genuine, true gift is an expression of love, whether it's given or whether it's received. 
As I've shared in times past, I have uh, pages of quotes that I save when I read something that uh, kind of catches my attention. And I have one quote from a Richard Bronstein who puts it this way. It is possible to give without loving, but it is impossible to love without giving. If love is the defining characteristic that qualifies the worth of our gift, we need to be sure that we know what love is. And this is where we want to invest our attention this morning. Simply because the world's concept of love is far different from the love that we have found, experienced, received from our God, who is love. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be looking at a variety of scriptures, verses, texts, or passages. And I'll try, if nothing else, to give you the reference itself. So if I lose you, you can make those notes and, and read them for yourself uh, sometime during this week as you think about uh, gift giving and approaching this season where we emphasize love. It was read again in our Advent reading this morning, the very definition of love taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, and I'll read it again. Love is patient, and love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And just a side note here. 1 Corinthians 13, probably many of you recognize, sometimes is referred to as the love chapter. And it concludes with this verse, verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Jesus had a lot to say about love. When asked which of the commandments was the most important, he said, as recorded in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verses 30 through 31, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus speaks a great deal about love in the Gospel of John, much of which is a part of a conversation that he has with his disciples prior to his arrest, his trial, his crucifixion, and his death. He says to his disciples in the upper room, found in John 15, 9 through 11, As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus loves us and wants us 
to remain in his love by abiding in him. To abide means to hold on to, to be connected with, to, to conform to, and even meaning to, to obey. In obedience to him, we are enveloped or we are covered by his love. As we have been loved, we are to love others, he says. We are to keep his commandments. Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, Jesus isn't charging us here or his disciples at that time with a list of rules and commands. He isn't setting before his followers a list of do's and don'ts. Jesus is being very simple, very specific. He's simply saying obedience to his commandments is a simple response or simply a response motivated by our love for him because he has loved us or how he has loved us. 1 John 5, 3 puts it this way. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. He is not weighing us down. He is really freeing us up, not only to experience his love, but also to love in return. Second John, verse 6 reads, And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, and that commandment is to love one another. Just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you shall walk in it. We take on the likeness of Christ's love by living out that love, demonstrating his love. Jesus said in John 14, 23 and 24, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. This goes back to the whole thing of abiding. As we abide in Christ, we receive so much. But now as we love Christ and love the Father, he abides with us. What a beautiful picture. The supreme example of love is in the generous gift of life through the sacrificial and atoning blood of Jesus Christ. It is the gift that has been made to us by God himself. And you know the verse by heart. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. That is the gift, the ultimate gift of love, what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. John, the gospel writer, also writes in his first letter almost a parallel to these same words that Jesus spoke, to, uh, spoke in the gospel of John. In 1 John three sixteen. And 18 reads, by this we know love, that he, meaning Jesus Christ, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the other, for our brothers. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. 
In other words, what Christ has done, it should be expected of us in the likeness of Christ to do the same. Romans 5.8 reads, But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, while we were still rebelling against God himself, Christ died for us. In John 15, 13, again, in that upper room conversation that Jesus is having with the disciples concerning what's ahead for him and what is expected to be carried out by his disciples, Jesus says, greater love has no man than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. I shared with you a few weeks ago about a book that I read earlier this year, Fox's Book of, Mar- book of Martyrs. Um, countless examples within those pages of those who are willing to lay down their life for Christ, willing to die for the faith and for the church. The, the stories are stunning. Uh, it's just, a, it, it's, it is really uh, just amazing of such a demonstration of faithfulness to the Lord. Yet it needs to be remembered that while they gave up their life for Christ, it was not at the gallows, it was not in the fire, it was not even during the torture to death. It was surrendered when they made the decision to live for Christ. To live for Christ. One cannot die for Christ until he has lived for Christ. The true gift of love is not only the deed, it is all that has shaped the motivation behind the gift. How we respond to love and how we demonstrate our love is how we live a life that is given to the one who loves, the one who loves us. Romans 13, eight and nine. We read, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And then Paul takes a little bit of a time, a time out here to, just to point out what that law is. The commandments read, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And then he says, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's all summed up of loving as we have been loved by Christ himself. Again, I take you back to those words that we read together as we began this message. Jesus said, John 13, 34 through 35, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples 
By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We are to have God's love and we are to give God's love. Our giving is to reveal our love for one another, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, near and far. It is to also be shown to those who are our neighbors, our work associates, classmates, strangers, and yes, even our enemies. We are to love as we are loved by God, the God of love. Your gift to those you love is your life, which is showing the love of Christ. The love that you have received, the love that you have, in order that you may give. What kind of love? I point you again to that description. We are to be patient with one another. We are to be kind to one another. There's nothing envious in our love. There's nothing boastful. We're not proud or arrogant. It is not rude. We are not self-seeking. There's no, no motive behind how we love. It's, it's even tempered. We don't keep records of how we have been wronged. It does not delight in the things that are evil, but it celebrates the things that are true and perfect and pure. Love is, is a way of protecting a relationship with one another. It, it demonstrates trust in one another. It, 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 it conveys the hopes that we have in this life. It endures. It perseveres. That's the love that we have received. That is the love that characterizes Christ. And that is the love that we are to share and show. This is how Jesus loves us. And this is how we are to love one another. Early on, as we were working on the order of service, believe it or not, Jan expressed the difficulty in finding hymns that really accented love. I was stunned by that. But let me qualify that. Christmas hymns that express love. But the whole time, there were two songs that just just kept on going over and over in my mind. And, and, and one of them is a simple song. It says, um, and I can't remember it. <laughs> a vapor lock here. I just cannot remember it. No, I can't remember it. No. But I do remember the second one. And this is the one that's really important. This is the one. Oh, love of God... How rich and pure. How measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure. The saints and angels song. Paul writes, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor heights nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. His love endures forever. An everlasting love. A love that we are to have and a love that we are to give.
Amen.